There is no higher word in the English language than hallelujah. And it's a universal word. It's not just the English language. It's Chinese language. It's Russian language. It's Japanese language. It's all over the world. That one word is universal and it means praise the Lord. There is no higher word. I didn't tell y'all to sit down. <laughs> let's stand up one more time and raise our hands to the heavens and say, hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. I don't even have to ask you twice. Amen. <laughs> let's go Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much. You are worthy of all praise. Hallelujah. We praise the Lord. And Lord, we, what more can we say? It's the highest word there is. It's the highest praise there is. And we just come to you and say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are good. You are God. You keep doing gooder and gooder things. And we just say, we love you, Lord. And lift your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 This is day 22. <laughs> Uh, first day after the 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's been amazing, as it always is. It's the best thing we do as a church, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm so thankful for it. I need you to understand something, though. Fasting is not the point. Fasting is not the point. We, we, we don't, that's not the goal. Because if that, that were the goal, then we'd get so fleshly and say, ooh, I, I fasted, I'm, you know, Give me some props. Give me some, some encouragement because I did it. No, fasting is not the goal. Fasting is the preparation. It's not the finish line. Oh, we finished the fast. It's, it's not. It's the starting line is that fasting prepares us as individuals for the greater things of God. Amen. And, and man, he just continues to pour out. So uh, we as a church, if you're, you don't know much about us, if you're new here, we as a church every year do 21 days of prayer and fasting. People fast from different things, four different things. Uh, but we all should be fasting for one thing, and that is that I might grow more in tune with the Lord and sensitive to his spirit as he speaks to me. The last week of that fast, I go away and finish my fast on what I call a visionary retreat. Some think, well, that sounds nice and relaxing, a nice little retreat to the mountains. Well, it's not. It's major work, uh, just hours and hours. I use about 12 hours a day just studying and seeking the Lord. And, and uh, I, do have, I, I do have to take a break every now and then, keep from just going crazy. So I went and caught some trout. And uh, <laughs> my limit every day. Anyway, just... Uh, Got to throw in a little bit of bragging in there. But uh, during that time, it was two days of struggling and striving and warfare, followed by a day of breakthrough. Amen. Amen. Followed by a day of breakthrough. And the Lord just, just opened up my understanding. And he has been. He'd been, he'd been speaking to me throughout the fast. And uh, I'll reveal to you some of that stuff. But um, uh, it, it was, I'm so thankful for his goodness. He just continues to download more and more. And uh, so I, three years ago, January of 21, I came back, and, you know, as the Lord had um, spoken to me during that time of fasting on that visionary retreat, I just wrote it down. I had this journal, and I just, I just wrote it down. And then I came back from that visionary retreat, and I just read it right out of the book, just like I'm about to now. And uh, right as I read what I had written, it's like when I voiced the vision, it began to manifest immediately. When I voiced the vision, 
there were the three things that the Lord had shown me that we would be, as a church, we would be a protector of the family. We would come against anything that comes against the family, the biblical family. And I, I said, okay, as he begins to, to unf- unfold that, he gave me the three A's. If you've been here for a season, you kind of know those three A's. That those things that come against the family, we come against them. And it was abortion, abuse, and abandonment. I voiced the vision that Sunday. By the way, I remember it was a snowy day that day. A lot of churches weren't having church that day. We had church. And I just, again, read off this. And then that week, we began seeing all of these things begin to happen. That week. And now to this day, uh, there are four cities in this county that say it's illegal to have abortion in our county. And, uh, and it came out of that Sunday. That's when it began and started. Uh, also, s- since then, we have a, a, a children's home that we have now taken uh, uh, and, and partnered with. And that is in his hands, children's home. The, uh, it's just amazing what's going on in Trinidad. That had not yet gotten started, but since then it is. And it's, it's, it's awesome what God's doing there with those kids. And we, we're partnered with them. By the way, from that that. I just, that came to mind because right after I came and voiced the vision, like a week afterwards, I had this burning in my heart. There's something about Trinidad. There's something about Trinidad. And I'll keep it short. And so I, I told uh, Bruce, my buddy, I said, let's get in a truck. We're going to Trinidad. I don't know what's over. Now, I was, there's McIntyre Street in Trinidad. My mother was a McIntyre. Our roots kind of go back there. Uh, I spent the first year of my life in Trinidad. And uh, ain't much in Trinidad, by the way. And uh, so I drove over there, and I'm like, I don't know. See if there's some life-giving churches in Trinidad. And we're going to church, church, church. I said, I only know of one more church. That's First Baptist Church. We pulled up, and they're on the sign in his hands, children's home. I said, this is what we're here for. Call them immediately. We're going to give them $1,000 today to start blessing that children's home. They weren't, you know, they were still struggling getting things through with the state. And uh, just this last week or two weeks ago, Miss Candace just passed all things. She's now director of the children's home. It's amazing. The other thing that he told us when it comes to abuse, we, uh, uh, we had a ministry in this city. There was a ministry in the city uh, called Family Peace Project. It was struggling, struggling, struggling. Uh, as my dad would say, it had one foot in the grave and the other on a nanner peel. So... Uh, <laughs> And they were about to close the doors and asked if, the, if Sand Springs would take that ministry. And I said, well, uh, yes, we'll take it. That ministry at the time had a, a lot of debt. It was, it was in bad shape. That was three years ago. A lot of debt, struggling, barely keeping the doors open. Today, that ministry is debt-free with over $100,000 in the bank. <laughs> and every... I don't know, it's been going on for a long time now. Every person, every gal that comes through that ministry has gotten her, gotten saved, given her life to Christ, and uh, it's just been awesome. So, there's something powerful, this is why we do it, there's something powerful when you get your being, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and your will, turn toward God, su- suppress the flesh so you can hear him. Amen. Fasting cleans your spiritual ears. And say, Lord, I'm going the direction you're going. I don't have any programs or plans or any ideas. I, I, I said at first service, I've never attended a church half this big. How am I expected to pastor a church this high? I don't know what I'm doing. 
I have no clue what I'm doing. I thank God that he knows. And all I'm trying to do is hear from him. And that's what we're doing. And so uh, that's what the, the prayer and fasting is for. It's not a, it's, there's no purpose for the fast except for the preparation to hear from God. And so this is what the Lord gave me this year. By the way, it's not anything different. Because he didn't say, well, I changed my mind. We're going to do something different this year. No, he's always refining the vision. You have to get a vision from the Lord. And as you get that vision, he'll continue to expand your understanding of the vision. So God has declared that the key to victory is found in the covenants. You're going to be hearing that word a lot this year, covenants. There are many covenants, but the one that we will focus on for 2024, Sand Springs, is the covenant of marriage. We continue to foster the family, and we'll be a church that is, I need you all to catch this, Bible-based. You're going to hear the word of God here. Christ-centered. Everything we're going to do here is Christ-centered. Spirit-filled and led. And then finally, family-focused. We're Bible-based, Christ-centered, spirit-led, and family-focused. Amen? Amen? That's who we are. So if you want to know, who, who is Sand Springs in a nutshell? We're Bible-based, Christ-centered, spirit-filled and led, and family-focused. That's who we are. We at Sand Springs will grow the kingdom of God one family at a time. We will alert families to the creeping corruption of today's culture and encourage families toward kingdom culture, a culture that is filled with light, life, and love. It's a culture of joy and peace. Through biblical preaching and teaching, we will continue to equip and empower families for the greater kingdom impact in order to destroy the works of the devil in Henderson County and beyond. Like the walls of Jerusalem in Nehemiah's day, we'll preach on that in a second, we know the kingdom is linked family to family and that the home is not a place to fight in. I need you to hear this. The home is not a place to fight in but it's a place to fight for and a place to fight from. And so we want to look at that today, all about the family. This is what God has called us to do. Maybe you're here and you say, but I'm single. I, I, I don't, it's just me. Well, guess what? Welcome to your family. Amen. Welcome to your family. We're all about relationships. Everything is about relationships. Everything is about relationships. And first, our relationship needs to be with the Lord. When we get that relationship right, he said that he will put the single in a family. That's what the word tells us. He will put that which is, who's flying solo, he will put them in a family. Welcome to your family. I want to look in the scriptures at some, some verses of scripture that, that stir me. And First uh, Timothy, as, as we continue to focus on the family, uh, there's something that continues to come up over and over again. And, and it's, again, it's not anything new. I actually preached on it two weeks ago. This is war. And, and if you're going to uh, fight for truth, well, get ready. It is a fight. Yeah. And you're in a war. Uh, but it's worth fighting for. And we have a promise from God that he'll fight for us. Amen. Amen. Y'all need to talk to me now. Come on. So uh, I, I, want to know, I want you to know that we're going to continue to try and strengthen the individual in order to strengthen the family. And uh, it, it's vitally important that each individual is healthy. 
So last year as I went away on my visionary retreat, I came back, I wasn't all that excited. <laughs> wasn't all that excited. Uh, I, I knew that it, was, it, it, it wasn't like I entered into that January. Yay, here we go. No, here's what the Lord told me last January. You need to get healthy. I knew that he meant that for me and I, he meant that for us as a church. He meant it for me because uh, you, can, you, you can just run, 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 and you're going to hit a wall. And uh, he said, you need to get healthy. This is a year that I had a sabbatical. I felt inspired by the Lord. I, you, you, need to, you need to do that. Uh, rest is, is, is spiritual. There's three things that need to be in good rhythm. I brought, I brought this last January. Your vocation, your recreation, and your relaxation. Now, if, you're, if your vocation is out and you just have recreation and relaxation... Welcome to retirement. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, but in the ministry, that's out. There is no retirement for me. It's not in the word, and I'm, there's no retirement. But if all you do, and by the way, I don't call my calling a vocation. It's a calling. But it, it, it ends at Asian, so it has to go with the three. <laughs> uh, but if, if all you do is work, 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 you will dry up. And you will burn out. And so I want us, there's so many young men, young families in this service. And that's specifically, God has pointed that out to me very, very clearly. Men, you need to make sure you're in balance. Your vocation needs to take the majority of your time and get much of your interest. But you need relaxation and recreation. You need it. You need it. It needs to be part of your life. You need to have healthy rhythms, healthy rhythms. If you get out there and you just, you, you, you crank your vehicle and it's sitting there in park, sometimes a little kid will get behind the wheel while the mama's in the store, my nephew did this, and just stand on the throttle. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, blow the engine. <laughs> that, that, it's, a, that, it's a pretty good illustration of somebody that's just run, 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 run. No, you need to get healthy. And so I feel like last year the Lord was saying, you need to get healthy because of what I'm going to do this year. Because when I came into this January, I had an excitement like I have not had in so long. I'm like, oh, this is the year. This is the year. God's going to do it this year. I'm excited about what he's doing. But we want you healthy. We want your families healthy. And you need to be individually healthy. And this coming weekend, we have I Am Whole. You need to be a part of I Am Whole. I Am Whole is one of the greatest things that we do because its focus is on soul care, soul health. It, it helps you get past your past. It helps you heal from wounds. It helps you uh, get, get some of the bitterness or anger or hurt. A lot of these things, there's so many things that happen. There's spiritual warfare that happens and deliverance. And, 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 and there's five things that we do, and I preach it all the time, and that comes from Luke chapter 4. And Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted. That's where soul care comes in. That's where I am whole comes in. And if you haven't signed up for that, you're wrong. You need to get right. <laughs> and uh, that happened. You, you got till midnight to sign up. And if not, you just, I, I warned you. I just let you know. You got till midnight. So sign up for I Am Whole. 
You can do that after the service over here if you want to. But it's a part of being healthy individually. Let's say that I have a healthy family, but I myself is not healthy. Let's say that uh, I have an amazing wife who is teaching our children the word and nurturing them day in and day out. And I come in mean and drunk and beating the water out of her. How healthy is my home? It's not healthy. No, the one sick individual brought disease to the house. Disease to the house. So every individual needs to focus on their own soul care, and we're going to do that. I am hope coming up. Better get there. All right. We not only want to support the families, but to see them be vibrant and God honoring, but also missional. Also missional. Uh, we want to continue to, to see the Lord work the way he's been working. And you know what? He builds the kingdom one family at a time. I want to read 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son, Timothy. He's Paul's son in the faith. And so Paul is speaking to his spiritual son. He says, I'm charging you with this. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Wage the good warfare. Chapter 2, verse 8. I just threw this in here, sister. Chapter 2, verse 8. I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. Amen? Amen? Amen. You want to know a Bible verse for it? There it is. I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, without wrath and doubting. Last Sunday, I preached on doubting, and that we ought to have faith and trust in the Lord. All right. That is on prayer, but... That was the point. Chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. I don't know if y'all picking up on theme yet, but there's a theme here in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I'll just pause on that for just a second. If you've not made that good confession, but you might say, well, I've always believed in God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen? And this is Paul is, is confirming with Timothy that we are supposed to confess. Jesus says, if you confess my father before men, he will confess you, but if you deny him before men, he'll deny you. So we need to confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. And so this is what Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. Sometimes that first fight starts within us. Well, I'm kind of shy and bashful. I don't, wanna, you know, I don't want people to know my business. I don't need you to know my business. <laughs> well, when you really come and fall in love with Jesus and are passionate about him, you have no problem confessing he's my Lord. Amen. He's my Lord. And if you can't win this fight, you ain't going to win that fight. Don't be a spiritual wimp. <laughs> fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace. Be strong. Everybody say be strong. Be strong. Don't be a spiritual wimp. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me, from among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Do you see the, you've heard it from me, you're going to teach it to them, and then they're going to teach it to other witnesses also. Continue to spread the teaching of God's word. 
And so that's what we are seeing as an apostolic church, that we are raising up men and women in the word, and then they go and they teach it to their families, and we have generational multiplication. Amen. 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 That's what we do. That's what we do here. Verse 2. And the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him whom he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. There's some things here that we we are recognizing. Paul is he is kind of laying out for Timothy, this young pastor of this church, and he's constantly encouraging him and reminding him, this is this is a fight. You need to keep on fighting. You need to, to suck it up, buttercup. Let's go. Well, keep going, keep going, keep moving on. I want to go to Ephesians chapter 6. Many of you know this passage of Scripture. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. Be strong, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Amen. And then it goes into the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. I'm not going to go in the order. I'm going to go in the order that head to toe. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, feet shod with preparation of the gospel of peace, shield of faith, and sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then, so that's the armor, but what's the warfare? In verse 18, praying, praying, always, with all prayer and supplication. I preached on prayer last week. Don't doubt, pray, get the if out of your prayer life. With all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's a lot of alls. He said, this is a fight. You need to be armored up, but it's not good enough to just be armored up and sit there. You need to be armored up and fighting. And where do I fight? On my knees. Well, Brother Charles Stanley, we got to meet him before he passed. Charles Stanley, met him a couple times. He said, you fight your fights on your knees and you'll win that battle every time. Ooh. That man knew what he was talking about. But here in this passage of Scripture, if you'll notice, guess what comes before Ephesians chapter 6? Ephesians chapter 5. <laughs> and Ephesians chapter 5, it goes on. If you go to, and if you have a, your Bible with you, you could just take and look at the little headings these headings are not necessarily inspired, but they just kind of give you a little snippet of what's in that text. And so Ephesians chapter 5 is first dealing with the individual. And it says, therefore be imitators of God as dear children. So it's, and then it goes to tell us, and walk in love. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. Walk in love, individual. Verses 8 through 14. Walk in light. Verses 15 through 21. Walk in wisdom. And then where does it go? To the marriage. Then it goes to the marriage. And then it goes to the family. Children, chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And then it goes into order. In fact, it's all about order. It starts with the husband. Then it goes to the wife. And then it goes to the children. And then it goes into our work life. And, and, and it's getting you ready for spiritual warfare. If you just had your, your text there, you could just follow it right down. It starts with me, and then she and I, and then us as a family, and then the, it just starts in the middle, and it just starts working its way out. It's talking about order. I remember 
one February and probably 94, something like that, uh, I was in the box at Fort Polk, Louisiana. And I was, it was pouring rain, had rained, rain, rain, nonstop, freezing cold. It was a mess. We got in, we, we convoyed in one night, uh, set up for sleep. It was late in the night, and uh, we, we hopped down on our bunks and just laid our, our duffs on the, on the ground in the, this GP large tent. And woke up the next morning, our duffel bags were floating out the tent. It was just pouring, pouring rain. And I, I'm driving a five-ton, it was a big six-wheel vehicle, six-wheel drive, and we were called to, to go drive for a, a night fire mission. So, okay, so I, I got a battle buddy, and we went and, and drove for this mission. And so as we were driving this thing, it, we were getting ready for Somalia. Some of y'all remember that during the Clinton administration. We were getting ready for Somalia, and, and uh, I, I went into the the simulated warfare zone picked up these guys and uh, we were getting ready that night to drive through the live fire range i have never met more crazy violent throat off individuals in my life i was trying to practice with night vision because i was going to be driving this five ton with all these troops in the back with night vision, and basically you're driving through a toilet paper holder roll, and you're trying to drive with, with zero depth perception, no uh, peripheral vision. So I'm trying to get used to it. I'm, I'm walking around trying to get used to this night vision. I keep seeing a flash over here and a flash over there. Now, weapons have modernized a lot since then, since 95. But I kept seeing a little flash, a little flash. I'm like, what is, what is that? What is that? And all of a sudden, this dude boop, pops up in my face. He said, how you like the nods? Not optical devices. I'm like, well, I'm getting used to it. And I'm thinking, my, you're creepy. <laughs> and uh, he's like, uh, man, you could slip into a house and slaughter the whole family. They wouldn't even know you were there. I'm like, oh, these, these guys are violent. They're, they're killers. They're killers. They were a special ops unit that had flown in out of Italy. And I was driving for them for this thing. And when we went through, the, we're shooting live bullets at, at uh, robotic targets. I'm a driver. I'm coming through. And all of a sudden, I, I've never done a live fire range before. And uh, I don't know if you know how big a five-ton truck is, but I look down at semis when I'm driving a five-ton truck. And I'm driving through, and all of a sudden, here comes a vehicle coming at me. And I see muzzle blasts on both sides. I know we're shooting real bullets. Real bullets. There you go. I'm flak jacket, helmet, the whole... And I see these muzzle blasts, and all of a sudden now, they're shooting real bullets <laughs> in my mind. And, of course, I'd, I'd gone through the training. We, 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 I pull over, we herringbone the vehicles, and the troops jump out, and I have never seen anything like it in my life. These guys were good. They were the best I've ever seen. They were amazing. All these guys were, but they were crazy. <laughs> they were killers. They were insane killers. So how in the world could they work together to be that good and take out enemy forces? I mean, just that quick. I mean, it's over so fast. How? I mean, they're obviously not right in the head. They got this. Each individual was submitted to the one. 
I need you to catch this. We're talking about spiritual warfare here. In spiritual warfare, we need you to understand there is order. When you get that order individually, you could be a little bit thrown off. But you, you hold some power individually, but as a family unit, oh my goodness. Yeah, I need y'all to come tonight to love thy neighbor as I preach. There is something powerful going to happen tonight as I preach. The Lord's already laid it on me. And, and so there's, there's something that's going to come out uh, tonight at love thy neighbor. But when you come together corporately as a family, all of a sudden your power exponentially multiplies. And then when you put your family next to another family, all of a sudden those powers exponentially multiplies. And so when we put our families together and they are submitted under the headship of Jesus Christ, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This world, this world, this county ain't got chains. All right. We're going to unleash heaven on them. Nehemiah. Let's go Nehemiah chapter 4. 4. Nehemiah chapter 4. Verse 12. 13. Chapter 4, 13. Nehemiah 4, 13. Therefore, now I need to get you a little setting here. Nehemiah. Uh, the, the, the city of Jerusalem has been destroyed. The Babylonians had destroyed it 70 years after the fact. God stirs up a man named Nehemiah to, to come, and he's already stirred up Ezra. And uh, they are coming back to restore the city of Jerusalem. Nehemiah is coming specifically to build the walls around the city. Now, you need to understand something. When we think of wall, we don't think the way we ought to think. We think of wall. It's a good illustration. It just comes to my mind. We think of a wall. On the other side of that wall is what? The outside. But that's not the way the walls of the city of Jerusalem are. They're like this. What's on the other side of that wall? A room. That's the way the walls of the city of Jerusalem were. It's not like that, but like that. When you walk through that door, you don't go outside. You go into the kitchen slash uh, Sunday school room slash uh, welcome room slash whatever. (laughs) We only have so many rooms, so we had to use everything. Uh, the city of Jerusalem was house, house, house. That's what the wall looked like. House, 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 house. And if you go with me to Israel, I can show you exactly what I'm talking about. Nehemiah 4, 13. Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall. It was only half built at the time. He positioned them at the openings. And I set the people according to their what? According to their what? Families. With their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. The enemy has come and said, we're not going to let you finish that wall. We're not going to let you finish that wall. Nehemiah tells the families, don't be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord great and awesome and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. Where? In their homes. Because my home is connected to your home. My family is connected to your family. And I need to work in my home to make sure that is secure and built and healthy and strong. And you also need to be working in your home to make sure it is secure and healthy and strong. A, bit, a, a, a Christian home ought to be filled with his peace. It ought not to be 
a bunch of chaos and struggling and striving in the Christian home. It'll be filled with his peace. Amen. Amen. It'll be filled with his love. Kids should not have to wonder if we're loved. Kids should know that they're loved. And so it ought to be filled with love. And guess what else it ought to be filled with? Fun. Fun. Peace, love, and joy. What's a good word for joy? Let's have fun in our house. I guess we had so much fun with our boys. I can't get one out. Uh, mama ain't no hurry, I can promise. She gives me that elbow all the time. Uh, but Nehemiah says, verse 15, and it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us, what? Their plot. Here's what the scripture says. Let us not be ignorant, brothers, of the devil's schemes. Let's not be ignorant of his schemes. He's got some schemes. He'd be scheming. Verse 15, and it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, the war, and wore armor, and the leaders were behind the house of Judah. Family by family by family by family. Now, the home is not a place to fight in. It's a place to fight for. Amen? I'll say it again because I didn't get much of a response. So a home is not a place to fight in. It's a place to fight for. Amen? Amen. And it's also a place to fight from. He goes on to say, when we get attacked, I'm going to need all of your families to come to that spot. We're going to blow the trumpet. You come. Verse 20 of chapter 4. Wherever, whenever, wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. And then it says, our God will fight for us. Amen. Amen. I need you to cast this. If he's fighting for you, then why do you need to show up? Because God fights through us. He will fight for us. But you got to show up. And he will fight through us when you show up. No more absentee dads. No more bum fathers who won't support their family not there for the kids their wife no more of that not in this household Bible says someone who doesn't support their family is worse than an unbeliever and we have biblical standards and we're going to encourage our men to be men I almost said women (laughs) that's what we're not encouraging that's what we're encouraging away from we're going to restore masculinity. I remember we were, we were, Christy and I were at some Christian conference at some mega church somewhere, and I'm looking at all the praise team. I said, we have lost the masculinity in the church. What has happened? I'm looking at all these little fella, fellas dancing around with their little skinny jeans, and I'm like, my goodness. Now, if you're wearing skinny jeans, you're welcome here. You're welcome here. But just know, at Sand Springs, we kill things. <laughs> we, I don't know. I go off the rails sometimes. <laughs> uh, but masculinity need to be, needs to be brought back to the men in America. 
And the church does not need to follow the culture. The church is supposed to be setting the culture. That's why we have one of our values. We at Sand Springs, are not a, we're not a thermometer. We're a thermostat. What does the thermometer do? A th- thermometer, just, it's just an indicator of the climate. But a thermostat, it's an influencer of the climate. And that's what this church is going to be in this climate of Henderson County. We're going to be an influencer of the climate. We're not, we're not in here whining and, oh, it's so bad out there. Oh, my goodness, what are we ever going to do? Quit your whining and know God will fight for you. God will fight for you. But we need to build up the strength of our families. Praise team, come on up. I need to, I need to get here. Last January, January 9th, 2023, we were getting ready for day one of prayer time, of 21 days of prayer and fasting. 4 a.m., I get woke up being strangled. It was a spiritual attack like nothing I've ever experienced before. I've had attacks before. I start speaking the name of Jesus, casting off, pleading the blood of Jesus. That stuff's gone out. This one wasn't going. Long story short, it was about three and a half hours of a spiritual attack, and this thing was trying to take my breath. I felt it's like I literally had hands around my throat. I remember saying, "I just need peace. I need peace. I can't. I can't get. I can't get this off of me." Christy was praying for me at the house. I come here and get to the altar. I prayed right there where the little basket's at. And, and Yancey and Ingrid were praying over me. Three and a half hours, finally, I got released from that thing. Why, would it, why did it hit me on the first day of prayer? At the beginning of the fast. What was this? It was no low-level imp. This was a principality. Kind of like what Jesus said, this kind comes only out by prayer and fasting. I I want to, just in case this sounds weird to you, just in case you're thinking I'm crazy. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. I need you to understand there is rank and order. Just as I said, there needs to be order in the spiritual world, there is, in, the, in the kingdom world, there is order in the demonic world. Principalities is one of the top. It's, 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 the, it's the ranking demon over a region, a, a, a pallet of land, principality. We rest not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. I recognize this this year as I'm going over the prayer cards, so many with lung cancer. So, so many with lung cancer, breathing disorders, issues with breath. And I thought, seeing a pattern here. This principality wants to take your breath away. It wants to suffocate and strangle. But on that day when the Lord illuminated that understanding to me, it was blowing. The wind was blowing like I ain't never. I mean, 
we're in the building praying and you could hear it, I mean, just blowing. And God's like, mm-hmm. He's trying to take away the wind. The wind's the Holy Spirit, by the way. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. In the Old Testament, the word is uh, uh, ruach. Ruach, it means breath. And, the, I mean, and that's the word for the Spirit. In the New Testament, the word is pneuma. You maybe have uh, pneumatic tools. And that's the word wind. It's the word for spirit. And, and the Lord's like, you've hit him in, in, in the nose and he came and attacked you because of it. But, but I'm bringing the real wind. I don't care what he's doing. I'm bringing the wind. And, and by the way, there's, a, there's only one way to access it. And that's through Jesus Christ. We're going to take communion together. I know I'm going a little long. We get baptisms, but I'm voice of the vision, man. This is good stuff. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came in the flesh and you have taken the battle upon yourself in order and you, you won the victory and then you give us the victory. Thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we're healed. By your wounds we're whole. We are taking this bread and by faith, trusting in you for our physical, emotional, psychological well-being. By your body, we're healed. And we believe it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. As we take the cup, we're reminded, Lord Jesus, by your blood, we're saved. By your body, we're healed. By your blood, we're saved. By your body, we're healed. By your blood, we're saved. I want you to get it. Lord Jesus, thank you. That you spilled your blood for us. We thank you. And believe it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.